Did you guys see that girl Britney Spears in the VMAs last night? I asked with sheer curiosity. The year was 2000 and Britney Spears had just done her incredibly shocking performance and or slash strip tease all the way through Oops I Did It Again on that VMA stage and that historic moment was basically what had made and established her presence in all of our minds. She was the topic of conversation at every water cooler that very next day and as I sat there staring across waiting for the response from my two straight friends who by the way in this time frame we were just out of high school they both looked at me and one said yeah she's hot I'd bang her we then both focused our attention on the other straight friend who then looked at us and said yeah me too I'd totally hit that and then their gaze turned towards me waiting for what my response would be next and because I was so in the closet I answered in the way that I saw fit, which was, yeah, I'd have sex with her, sure. But the reality of it was, was that's not exactly where my mindset was. My mindset was at how amazing that performance actually was. Her whipping her hair back and forth, I envisioned myself doing the very same thing. I knew in that moment as I watched that television set and obsessed and rewatched that moment over and over and over again on YouTube that Britney Spears was now someone that I had idolized in my life, not because I wanted to sleep with her, but because I wanted to be her. And this moment was the birthplace of my extreme Britney Spears obsession moving forward. So sit back, relax, put on that condom, or pop your prep pill as we dedicate this full-on episode as an homage, so to speak, to one of my greatest obsessions of all time, the wonderful, beautiful, amazing, and top-notch artist known as Britney Spears. This is Britney Spears. Crazy or misunderstood? Hey guys, this is my gay expose podcast where we talk about gay sex, gay dating, gay culture, gay love, gay stereotypes, gay relationships, that infamous gay walk of shame, and anything else that might be considered, um, gay? I'm your host, Ronnie Washburn, a writer and blogger based out of San Francisco, California, and I'm here exposing my gay on My Gay Expose Podcast. Disclaimer. The views expressed on My Gay Expose Podcast are not necessarily the opinions or views of the gay community as a whole. These are simply the opinions, experiences, and stories told by host Ronnie Washburn. Furthermore, this podcast is explicit, straightforward, and not for the faint of heart. 
and no topic is taboo, except for religion and politics. While all stories are real, most characters' names are changed to protect their identity. Unless you're a close friend to Ronnie, in which, that's what you signed up for, bitch. Hey there, guys. Ronnie Washburn here, and welcome back to My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's episode, if you want a hot body, if you want a Bogatti, you want a Maserati, well, then you better work, bitch. We tiptoe around that glorious topic of conversation, that musical icon, Britney Spears. And if you don't agree that she's a musical icon, then you can just stop listening to this episode right now. We'll talk all things Britney, why I'm obsessed with her, why I've always loved her, how I discovered her, what she means to me in my life, and what this whole documentary that just came out last week has shown us in regards to her conservatorship and what she's going through in her current life and how that has changed my mindset on her in such a crazy and significant way. But but first, before we, if you see K me, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Re-expose. Hey there, guys. Welcome to this week's Re-Exposé, where I go out of my way to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, or just re-say shit that either you didn't understand fully. Once I re-listened, I was like, what the fuck did I even say? Or I just felt like it made sense in my head at the time, but then I was like, all right, I guess I better say exactly what it was that I meant to say originally. And this week, lots and lots of questions from you, the listeners, in my DMs. And I'd like to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Even if they're just a little condescending, I still appreciate the interactions with you, the listeners. And this week, see, I have to say, this is the reason why I fucking did this whole HIV education episode. Because, of course, I got some guy asking me, specifics on what it is that each of the things that I covered in the episode meant. And so for this reason, ladies and gentlemen, is why I decided to do this topic. A lot of gay-themed shows and podcasts and really just anything try very hard to avoid the HIV topic because I feel like there's just still so much unspoken meaning behind what all of it is and shame and regret. But my hope is that with this episode and with my future in the realm of, you know, shouting out loud to the world about this whole HIV education situation, that all of you will see that it's really not the worst thing in the world. And it's not the end of the world. But somebody asked 
just for a little bit more clarification on what it means to be HIV positive undetectable. And basically what it means is when you are diagnosed as HIV positive, you're put on medications that have been to a place in this society that are so advanced, they can actually take the viral load level, which is the detectable level in your system that shows that you are HIV positive and put it to a place where once tested again, you can't detect it. And what this means when your viral load is at an undetectable level, you are able to actually have unprotected sex without the worry of infecting anybody else. That's right, folks. I'll say it again. Without worrying about infecting anybody else. I mentioned this before in the episode, but basically there's like a saying here in the city where it's a little bit safer to sleep with a guy who's positive and undetectable than it is a guy who's negative and goes and gets checked up to make sure he doesn't have anything every few months. That's right, folks. So I am very passionate about just broadcasting this information as well as like the prevention situation with PrEP to the world so that people can take care of themselves in the proper way. And speaking of the positive in HIV, that episode number 40, the positive in HIV, has basically blown my mind in numbers. You know, I just really wish that I had the formula to understand what topics of conversation you guys want to hear versus the ones you don't because I just feel like as soon as I've cracked the code, an episode like this just blows everything else out of the water and I just don't get it. And you know, to be honest with you, there's a part of me that's super happy that this specific topic is something that you have interest in and or want to hear. But Episode number 40, The Positive in HIV, is well on its way to entering the top five episodes ever listened to in my gay expose podcast history. And I'd just like to say thank you from the bottom of my gay little black heart. And I want to give a brief update for those that are still asking about me following up on my New Year's resolutions as disclosed in the New Year New Ronnie episode. And I'm very happy to report that while I'm sitting here at, it's I think it's like February 2nd as I record this. I'm not really sure when this podcast episode will air, but it is currently February 2nd. And I have been running five to six days a week that's right, folks, five to six days a week, as well as keeping up with um, the meal prepping. And I'm very happy to report that for the entire month of January, I am sitting at one month sober. Today's Tuesday, and two days ago, I crossed the one month sober mark. And I'm again, like I said before, not saying that I will never drink again, but I'm very happy that I am in a place where I can get rid of all the alcohol, drink more water, eat healthy, run, and take care of myself. And my mindset is just in such 
a better headspace. It's crazy to even remember what it was like before this moment. And I'm so happy and thankful and grateful that I am progressing in this manner. Re-expose. So before we put all eyes on me in the center of a ring, just like a circus, first, let's hop into this week's Hot Gay Gas Expose. This is that Hot Gay Goss, here on My Gay Expose Podcast. Hey there, guys. Welcome to this week's Hot Gay Goss Expose, where we try to find topics of conversation that might be relevant and or pertinent to today's gay society. Or just shit that I want to talk about because it's my show. And this week, I'm going to have to tiptoe around this one. But this weekend, my mom sent out a text to me and my brothers. And first, before I go into this, let me preface that my family, my parents specifically, are very conservative, very Republican, and very, very Christian. When this whole coronavirus thing broke out in March, I remember my mom making some sort of a comment to me via text about our governor here in California and saying that he was a baby. Those were her words, not mine, because he's young and according to her doesn't know what he's doing when it came to locking down the state. But the reality of it is, is my parents were on that whole Trump train. As much as I hate to admit it, that's very much what my parents are in their political mindsets. So for them, it was almost as if they just didn't believe that this whole COVID thing was even a thing. And my mom made it a point to poke that at me, kind of like a guy at the zoo poking a stick at a bear. And, you know, we had a couple of words where I basically got upset I remember my brother and I had like a, I was drunk and we were having like some sort of a texting conversation back and forth about COVID and how he thought it was bullshit and I don't like wearing masks and this is so stupid and yeah, 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 whatever. And I basically let him have it. So anyway, long story short, my mom sent us a text and of course the context of her text was as if she was making fun of the entire situation, but basically what she had said was that her and my dad had basically contracted the virus. And I mean, they're fine. They're in a place where they're recovering okay. And I mean, you know, could have potentially been very scary because my parents are a little bit older. But my parents live in Tennessee and they live in like, I think it's Greenville, Tennessee, where it's like population 17. So what this means is like they have like a vast property and everyone around them does like the same. They they're, they have huge property pieces. So nobody's really interacting or intermingling in like public spaces 
as much as it is here in San Francisco, for example, where we're all enclosed in a tiny city and like everybody's basically on top of each other. But somehow my parents contracted the virus. And I'm not saying that I'm glad that my parents contracted the virus, but there's a part of me that kind of, thankfully they're recovering, but I'm kind of glad that they did get a wake-up call, so to speak, because they were so against everything that this virus was and all the necessary precautions that our country took to try to make those changes. They were against because the fucking previous fucktard felt that it was necessary to make the American people who were conservative think that it was all bullshit when it wasn't. So that's right, folks. My parents got COVID and there were some words exchanged and it ended up being kind of a bad conversation via text message. But a long story short, this just goes to show you when you try to play with fire, you get burnt. This is that hot gay goss here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So for this week's topic list of the week that just so happens to have a I'm not a girl, not yet a woman undertone, I reached out to a few of my friends and asked them the question. When you think of the name Britney Spears, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? And explain. So let's get all of your exposés and those answers now. This is My Gay Exposé Podcast's official topic list of the Greg says, when I think of Britney Spears, I think of how sad it is that she's going through all this shit with courts, dads, and mental institutions. Roberto says, hot mess. Lori says, the first thing that comes to my mind is best concert ever. Oh, and work bitch on repeats snuggled in Ronnie's bed. (laughs) That'll take far too long to explain, folks, so I'm just not going to. And then she also said, and best Vegas performance ever. Kevin says, when I think of Britney Spears, I think to myself, how did that crazy bitch get such a hot boyfriend? (laughs) It's true, her boyfriend is, oh my God, so hot. So, so hot. Michael says, oh God, where do I even begin? All I have to say is that back when she was the biggest thing ever in music, I spent way too much money getting front row seats to all of her concerts that I could. And bitch, Why didn't I get front row seats with you? What the fuck? We've known each other forever. (sighs) Rude. Evan said, You know, it's actually kind of funny that you mention her. I have a feeling it's because that documentary just came out. 
I just watched it. And to be honest, it was very eye-opening. It kind of showed and even explained a little bit more about what a conservatorship is. And it just raises more questions. What is in that document, that medical document that the court won't release? And why is it that they're holding her to standards that are that of old senile people? Something's just not right here. But I really hope she makes it through. Kyle said, I really, really want to like Britney Spears. In fact, I really did like her back in the day when she was huge, she was an amazing artist, and she was on top of her game. But now every time I see anything that she posts on Instagram, I just look at her and I'm like, no, no, girl, no. And I just feel so bad that it's come to all this. Brian says, when I think of Britney Spears, I think of MTV and the TRL days. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Brian, you're showing your age. I guess I'm showing my age by doing an episode dedicated to Britney Spears. Dorinda said, Oh, boy. Of course, the first thing I think of is you. Also, are umbrella emojis that we would send back and forth that would only describe crazies. Nick said, <laughs> in all caps, leave me alone. Robert says, high school and middle school. In high school, because of Hit Me Baby One More Time. And I had a crush on one of the backup dancers. And middle school, because that's when I saw her CD paper insert fold out from a friend. God, this is like the worst answer. This is my boyfriend, and I have to say, after reading this answer, I feel like I'm dating a fucking middle schooler. Next. Ben says, to be honest, Britney Spears has never really been my thing. I get that all the gays love her and it makes sense to me, but for me, I just tend to veer towards other musical genres. But I did watch the documentary that came out a couple weeks ago and it was pretty good. And I have to say, I really feel for her. Joel says, Britney Spears' entire life was one big, perfect marketing campaign. Back in the day, she was always one step ahead of the competition, constantly doing things that made everyone pay attention to her. And now, we're all paying attention to her for the exact opposite reason. Petra says, mental breakdown. And then she sent a link to one of Britney's IGTV videos that she posted in, it looks like January 12th, and I'm watching it right now. She's wearing like a white top with roses, some little black booty shorts, and of course she's dancing terribly. But the worst part about this video is the fact that she looks like her skin's like all oily, and that she looks like she put her hair in like a cotton candy machine. And it didn't take. It, she basically looks like she got hit by a truck in this video. And that's what she just 
sent me. Josh says, isn't every gay in love with Britney Spears? I did watch that documentary, however, and it really did shed some light on all the crazy behind the scenes things that can occur in the courts, for example, that we just don't know about. It opened my mind to what all this actually really means and why it's even happening. Jeff says, Britney Spears made it okay for all the other girl singers, well, to be basically naked and slutty. And to me, that is a feat that not anyone can just do on their own. Alex says, I always think of you because that's all you ever talked about back then. Paul says, I think of one of the most talented artists of all time that was so big, it made her so crazy. Corey said, I always think of Ronnie Washburn. Yes, that's right, folks. All of my childhood friends pointed in my direction as to me being the sole source of their memory of Britney Spears, if that should tell you anything. And then Corey continues on saying, I also think of, but I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean in the end. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. He's such a dumb. If you knew who this was, you'd be laughing just as much as I am inside. I always find it so interesting. And this is actually one of the things that I love most about this specific segment is to get each individual's perspective on whatever the topic is. And this week with Brittany, it's so crazy to see all the different answers in all the different places. It really was just one big clusterfuck of answers. So many people pointed out that they associated Britney with me in their minds or with like her beginning phases of when she was on top of the world or, you know, the crazy phase when she used the umbrella or Instagram. And then also like this whole like documentary bringing new light to the Britney Spears life. And I find it so interesting that, I just have to say this, one of the things that I took away from the documentary that I kind of was thinking about all the rest of my day once it ended was like, I don't understand how all these news reports are coming out of, because, you know, the documentary went viral. People are giving Diane Sawyer and Justin Timberlake so much shit for the way that they treated Britney way back when. And it's like, all these years later, now they're giving them shit. And this just goes to show you the misogynistic the society that we live in back then and how things have changed in such a significant way that people are just now giving the right people shit the way that they were supposed to be doing way back then. And Diane Sawyer's publicly apologized to the public for her actions back then. And we're still waiting for Justin but I just really was like moved by this documentary, you guys, like in a way that I actually thought I wasn't going to be. When my boyfriend suggested watching the documentary, I was kind of like, well, this could probably be really bad and it's probably going to be. But it ended up being so eye-opening and so good. 
And if you haven't yet, check it out. Framing Britney on Hulu or FX. This is My Gay Exposé Podcast's official topic list of the week. Once upon a time, in the year 1999, as I got ready for school in my senior year of high school and turned the TV on in my room, mostly as background noise, while I got ready for my day. Little did I know that a song was about to blare on MTV in that moment that not only would catch my attention, but would change my viewpoint and my, well, let's just say way of life in such a crazy and significant way. In that moment, I wasn't even looking at the TV. I was like, I think I was like buttoning up my shirt or something like that with my back to the television set. And as I heard those words emerge from the television, hit me baby one more time. I turned around and I watched this little teenage girl with a exposed midriff. In this time frame, keep in mind, nobody else was doing this. This was the first time. And her body was rocking in such a significant way to all the beats, all the dance moves were on point, and the beats to this song was just something that stuck out in my mind. And I was like, what the fuck? Who is this bitch? She's amazing. But little did I know in that moment This would be the birthplace of my lifelong obsession with the artist known as Britney Spears. That first day when I stumbled across that video would not be the last time I started to obsess over Britney, but when I really, really got obsessive over her was that random moment that I was just hanging out in the living room with my dad and the 2000 MTV Video Music Awards began. And as Britney walked down that stairwell singing, I can't get no satisfaction, I had somewhat familiarized myself with her music. And I was like, I remember in that moment, I was thinking, why is she picking that song? She just came out with a new album and that Oops, I Did It Again song was just amazing. Why is she singing this song? But when she walked down that stairwell and then suddenly the transition from that song to the next changed with her stripping off in the most famous of strip teases in our music history. That was the moment. That was that moment that I will never forget where I was like, holy fuck, this bitch is amazing. I fell in love with Britney Spears on that day, and my obsession grew and grew from that moment moving forward. I obsessively bought all her albums. Remember when everybody used to buy CDs? That's right, folks. I owned them all. Every one. And 
I would continue to love everything she did from that day moving forward. I saw her in concert four times. A couple of the concerts were actually repeats because that's how much I loved her so. And truth be told, she was like, in the early 2000s, she was like the biggest thing that music had ever seen. Nobody was like her. She was the first to do all of the things that she did that got everybody's attention. She dressed provocatively in ways that people frowned upon, but also, let's just be real, that's what kept our interest. She dated Justin Timberlake, broke things off, and just became that girl, that music icon that we all truly loved. And I fell head over heels in love with this girl. And to this very day, even though so much time has passed and we sit here in 2021, that girl will forever hold a special place in my heart as one of the most amazing artists in our history. And you can argue with me all you want and say that she wasn't, but that bitch knew how to put on a good show. And she still does. Nobody could rise to the level that Britney Spears rose to in that early 2000 time frame. Before her, I mean, really, the only ones that could pioneer anything in the female artist genre were, let's just be honest, Madonna and like Janet Jackson. There was nobody that could touch Britney in this specific time frame, There was nobody that did what she did. There was nobody that dared to be that unique, that different. She pushed the envelope in so many different ways. It was almost as if each one of her performances was just that much better than the last, every time she performed. And she made it a point for all the major performances to just one-up herself but also leave all the others who tried so hard to emulate her in the dust. Remember that whole like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like face off thing. I have to say this here on my gay expose podcast. And I know that I'm going to get so much shit for saying this, but I'm just going to say it. I hate Christina Aguilera for, well, so many different reasons, but a, I remember watching a documentary on Christina Aguilera. I think it was on like the E! Network and it was all these years ago. And I remember they were doing like this whole thing when she was in high school and they like did the thing where it was like Christina was going to be the next big star. She had an amazing voice and she was just going to be the next big thing. And I remember they did that. But then, dun, 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 the worst thing that could have ever happened, happened. Britney Spears released her album before Christina. And I'm here to tell you, I hate to break it to you, Christina, but like, even if you did come out with your album before Britney did, she still was just going to leave you in the dust. Let's just be honest with ourselves here. Sure, you have an amazing voice, but that really was it. I I just don't like Christina Aguilera as an artist. And let's be honest with ourselves. Her music career actually really just never went anywhere. I mean, she had her first album that everybody like paid attention to towards the beginning where she was a genie in the bottle. And I really enjoyed Stripped. But other than that, it was just white noise in the background. Everything was just flat, boring. 
And let's not even go into that whole thing where she decided that for one album, she was going to be Hispanic and start pronouncing her last name with an accent. The fuck out of here, bitch. I actually really, really liked the Stripped album. But to be honest with you, that was really it. She tried so hard to like change herself and move forward in different ways. And it just didn't work out for her. Poor girl. But what I loved the most about this was Christina Aguilera was not a good person. And I don't really feel like she still is. I think she thinks that she is like God's gift to the world and carries herself as such. And she's not a nice person. I remember in this same documentary, they had said something about there were rumors about her getting her record deal and all the kids were just so mean to her. They bullied her. Bitch, it's because you were a fucking stuck up ass cunt and nobody wanted to have anything to do with you because you carried yourself that way because you thought you were the shit. But here's the thing. Brittany just annihilated you in so many ways and you will never recover from that. No matter how far you come in the public eye, Brittany will always and will definitely have that one up on you that you could never get on her. I remember I went to go see Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera when they did their Justified Strip Tour together. They both did full sets um, and a few friends of mine and I were taking like a weekend trip down to LA and we got tickets to the show. And I remember I was pretty obsessed with Justin Timberlake as a solo artist at the time, truth be told. And so I was super excited, but I always had this little disdain for Christina, but I wasn't opposed to seeing her in concert. Maybe she could impress me in a way that possibly I didn't see. And I was open to the possibility of her being an artist that I maybe misunderstood. And I heard that they actually did this thing because they both did full sets that each city they went to, like one artist would go first and then the second artist would go second. And then they'd flip flop with each city and they'd like go back and forth. So when they did our show in LA, Christina went first and Justin went second. And I have to say, I'm so glad that Christina went first because to be honest with you, her performance was so boring that if Justin went first and she went second, I probably would have left. I'm sorry, girl, but there's no amazing voice in this world that can put on a good show. Like, you can sit there and sing with the most amazing pipes all you want, but if your show's boring, then you've lost me. And that's the thing. That's the one thing that Britney had that Christina did not. Brittany put on a damn good show every time I saw her, even after the blackout phase, when she, you know, I went and saw the Femme Fatale tour. And I remember I was in the crowd and I was like, now keep in mind, in this time frame, this was the album after all this blackout supposed comeback, like all this stuff happened and she was a hot mess and people were like speculating about this and speculating about drug use and, you know, mental stability and all different accusations were flying her way. But I remember 
seeing her so many times in the past and going to this femme fatale tour. And while the show was still really good, it was almost as if the best way I could describe it was like she was just underwater. She was always like a couple of steps behind her backup dancers. And I sort of saw in that moment, in that first moment, something, something here was different. This was not the Britney Spears that I once knew. This was not the bitch that slayed every single performance, no matter what. And as I stood to my feet, wanting so bad to scream to the top of my lungs for Britney in that moment, in that femme fatale tour, I knew something was off. Something was wrong. We had heard that she was coming back. She's better than ever. She's going to show all of us that she's the Britney that she once was, but it wasn't happening. That whole moment that we watched a few years before of her hitting the car with the umbrella wasn't going anywhere in our minds. It was branded in our minds. And I was seeing that same girl on that stage, three steps behind her backup dancers on that day. The boyfriend and I watched this documentary that Britney came out with. Well, Britney didn't come out with it. The New York Times came out with about Britney Spears. And it, they mainly focused on her conservatorship, like her rise to stardom and then all the events that happened leading up to her conservatorship and all the details surrounding it. And I have to say, it's called Framing Britney. And if you haven't checked it out yet, I think it's on... FX and Hulu. And the boyfriend and I watched it this weekend. And oh my God, you guys, it was, it opened my eyes to things that I never would have even seen in this situation. I felt so bad for Brittany. You know, I've sat here and I've recorded many of comments about Brittany and how much of a hot mess she is on Instagram. And after watching this documentary, I have to say, I'm like, it's opening my eyes into things that I probably never would have opened my eyes to. Like I fed into all the people who were mocking her and like making fun of her. And truth be told, there's some crazy shit she does on Instagram. But after watching this documentary, and by the way, I would totally encourage you to do so as well, because it might really open your eyes to like, what's really going on here? The documentary did a really good job at kind of explaining exactly what it is that the conservatorship is, because I think we all just kind of don't really know what it is. We just know that her dad basically like controls her money and her finances and decision making when it comes to like performing. And we all know that Brittany doesn't want her dad to be in that role. The documentary does a really good job at demonizing her father kind of explaining that over the years, even when she was a little girl, that for the most part, daddy wasn't in her life. And then suddenly, the situation occurs where somebody needs to be in charge of her finances, and there he is. Suddenly, he's in the picture. One of the things that I totally got out of this whole documentary that I found quite interesting was well, a few things. Um, the fact that they actually talked about like the conservatorship and what it meant and the fact that they actually 
in most legal situations use this specific situation like mostly to make sure that older and senile and not of sound mind people are taken care of when it comes to making sure that their assets and or possessions are directed into the right place. Meaning they can't make their own decisions because their minds are just going. And I don't know what is in that medical document that is just making the judge continuously favor the dad and keep him as her conservator. But I find it really upsetting that basically Brittany's paying for everyone who's involved here. She's paying her dad a percentage of the conservatorship each month. She's paying his lawyers. She's paying her lawyers. She's basically paying for the entire process. And I don't think that that's right. I don't think that's right at all. Not only that, but they also talked a little bit about one of the guys who basically was involved in a lot of the production to her uh, tours towards the beginning when she was at her peak. He basically said that, like, she called all the shots. She was one of the biggest decision makers in the industry. She was the creative decision maker. She decided this. She decided that. She exnade this. She exnade that. That. She called all the shots. And basically, she's like, I got hired because... I had an idea, I presented it, it went through, and then she just like pointed at me and said, who's that? I want him. I want him to be uh, the person who produces my shows moving forward. And he started the next day. So that being said, it's not a situation where she can't make sound decisions. She's perfectly capable of making her own decisions. And even as stated before, the lawyer stated that he sat with her and she very clearly indicated exactly what it was she wanted for this conservatorship moving forward. And I just don't get how this is still a thing in today's society when we're supposed to be empowering women and not having people who are this young in this situation. There's something off here. There's something missing, something that we don't know. And I kind of understand why she's done this whole strike against performing until the conservatorship's been lifted. But also they interviewed a bunch of lawyers who basically like said that there are sealed medical documents that they won't reveal, which they didn't reveal in the documentary. And even the lawyers that were pro Britney still didn't have access to those medical files and still don't know what they say. And we don't know what is in there. But for some reason, they keep ruling in favor of her dad. And they interviewed one of her lawyers and said, the fact that she sat down with me in a meeting and said, I don't want my dad in this role. I want to go back to performing, but I won't until he's out of the picture. And she, the, the lawyer said that he, she had a very clear mindset of what she wanted just goes to show that her mental mindset is perfectly capable of making those calls and those decisions. It also focused on the Free Britney movement. And while I feel like it was just a little extreme to be like protesting in the streets, pro Britney Spears, 
I have to say that I'm shaking my pom-pom right next to you, girl, right by your side. I am on that pro-Britney movement. Free Britney, get her out. And there are so many celebrities that have come out pro this Free Britney movement after the debut of this documentary. And if you haven't yet watched the documentary called Framing Britney, and I really hope that this girl gets herself out of this situation soon because no matter what happens in life, this girl will always hold a special and magical place in my heart. She helped me become the gay man that I am today on so many levels in ways that I can't even describe. So free Britney. And with that, let's hop into this week's Gay Walk of Shame story. This is my Gay Walk of Shame here on my Gay Expose podcast. You might be asking yourself, how in the fuck are you going to tell us a gay walk of shame story that has something to do with Britney Spears? Well, I've got the most amazing Britney Spears related gay walk of shame story ever. And I've actually been sitting on this one for a while. Truth be told, I was always planning on doing a Britney Spears themed episode at some point. I just sort of felt like seeing this documentary out sort of coaxed it out all the more just because it touched me so. And speaking of touching, I was doing my usual grinder search for some dick. And there was this guy that I had chatted with here and there pretty frequently, but I think that I just kind of passed on him multiple times because... He lived up in the hate, and it was kind of a far distance for me to go. Sometimes, you know, when you want to hook up with a guy, you get a little lazy, and you're like, I just want to hook up with somebody around my area so I can just walk there. But this guy was, well, let's just say super top tier. He was really hot. Perfect body. And then once our conversation ensued on Grindr and we started sending dirty pics back and forth, I realized that not only did he have a super hot body, a super cute face, but he also had a really, really, really hot brown dick. And I was so ready to fuck. I didn't care that I had to hike up the hills towards the hate area because to me, this hot dick would be so worth it. But what I didn't know when I walked into that specific house on that specific day to fuck that specific dick was that I was in for one of the biggest shocks of my life. As we walked into his room, I walked in and my jaw dropped to the floor. Now I know you are pretty familiar if you watch any of those crime shows when people do shrines to people, but this, this was beyond shrine. This guy had photos and cutouts and magazine inserts of Britney Spears all over his fucking room to an overly obsessive point that I just couldn't possibly understand. I was immediately freaked out and weirded out and didn't think I could go through with 
the transaction. As I looked around the room in complete and total shock, and as the small feeling of, like, terror was starting to seep into my brain, I looked over and saw him completely naked, right before my eyes. In the time it took me to scan his room, he had stripped down to the nude and was ready to go, and he was rock hard. So I felt very conflicted. On one hand, there was this crazy psycho bullshit that was this entire shrine, completely 360, all around his room. But then on the other hand, there was this hot body, hot dick, hot guy that was about to bend me over and fuck me. The next moments saw me bent over on his bed as he fucked me from behind, and I looked around his room in complete shock and horror. I could not take my eyes off the elaborate Britney Spears shrine that embraced all of his walls, and truth be told, I couldn't concentrate in the slightest. Let's just say it was one of the most awkward sexual encounters that I had ever had and it was supposed to be so hot and I was so excited and I went in and realized that this guy was so crazy and the ironic twist to this specific story is that the guy that fucked me just so happens to be just as crazy if not more than Britney Spears herself and this week's Gay walk of shame, sex scale from 1 to 10. Even though he was super hot and I was like so anticipating this transaction to go through, I have to give this guy a very hardcore 2. 2 because he was hot, but 2 because I was so fucking weird. This is my gay walk of shame here on My Gay Expose Podcast. So what did we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, transgender and questioning and tops or bottoms? Britney Spears will always hold that little special place in my heart. And whether you agree or not, she is to this day one of the biggest things that we'll ever see music in our history. I'm calling it now here on My Gay Expose podcast. This bitch will be in the music history books. And watch this documentary if you haven't yet. It's called Framing Britney. It's on Hulu and or FX and just see the side that we don't see when we see all those crazy people mocking her on Instagram in today's society. I love you, girl. Always have, always will. And even if I kind of make fun of you, just know that it's from a loving place in my heart. I'm Ronnie Washburn. Thanks for joining me this week, and I'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for joining me exposing my gay here on my gay expose podcast. If you like what I 
exposed on today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, if you listen to me on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or the newly developed Amazon Music slash podcast format, uh, just hit the follow button. My Gay Exposé podcast is also available on Anchor, as well as any and all other podcast formats. Do you have any questions, comments, things you want me to talk about? Please email me at mygayexpose at gmail.com. That's mygayexpose at gmail.com. And for more on my work, including my blog, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, please take a look at my website at www.ronniewashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I washburn.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at My Gay Expose Podcast, Twitter at My Gay Expose, and Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And uh, by the way, don't forget to join us next time for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Ronnie Washburn, Exposing My Gay, here on My Gay Expose Podcast. And I'll see you next time.